group. So fingers crossed. Um, this week's guest in our coaching conversations with the Weight Loss Warriors uh, is Drew Rossback of Rossback Rolfing in Albany, New York, right? That's correct. Cool. Well, uh, we appreciate you taking uh, some time for us this evening. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what do you do? How do you do it? And uh, I'm sure uh, my brain will start uh, start rolling here and, and I'll uh, fire off some questions about Rolfing and we can do a deep dive into that. But first, uh, tell us who you are. Uh, so as you said, I am Drew Rossback. I uh, grew up in the Albany area, born and bred here, um, started a career in massage therapy. Uh, and as I was working as a massage therapist, my first job was under a certified rolfer uh, or a structural integrator. And I didn't know what the hell it was. Uh, and I kept uh, seeing clients of this, uh, of my boss, and they would keep saying like, hey, uh, I've had rolfing done before. So you can do as much pressure on me as you want. And I was like, all right, but what is rolfing? And no one can really answer me that. So six months down the road, uh, I finally get a session from my boss and he's doing this body work on me. And at the time I couldn't even really understand what he was doing or how he was doing it. And I was just like, but he's my boss. So I'm just gonna say, Hey, this feels great. And I had a particular like lower back issue. So he's, he's doing all this, this, these things. And I'm like, I'm on a, on a table and then I'm sitting up and then I'm standing and he's working on me as I'm sitting and I'm moving. And it's, it was the most uh, bizarre yet intelligent body work I'd ever received to that point. Um, and I, I didn't even think it was working really because I just, I didn't understand it. And then I went to kind of activate that pain that I've been feeling for a while and it was gone. And I looked at him like, how like what's going on here uh and then he told told me a little bit about rolfing uh so in 2016 uh i shot to colorado which is where you get trained in to be a structural integrator or a certified rolfer um and i have been doing it ever since i started the uh the rossback rolfing piece in 2017 and i uh that has lived off of central ave in albany um since then nice that's awesome. So, uh, structural integration, you said a, a couple of times, um, that sounds like, uh, some sort of engineering term, uh, <laughs> explain kind of what that means when it comes to the human body. Yeah, of course. So, uh, Rolfing is a very strange name it comes from the creator Ida Rolf. So the, Rolfing in its complete sentence is Rolfing structural integration. Uh, and there's Rolfers and then structural integrators, and they pretty much do the same work. Uh, but they, they went to different schools after Ida Rolf died Two two or a couple different schools actually kind of were created. So there's Rolfers and structural integrators, but they're all the same thing, but structural integration, uh, what Ida Rolf, uh, kind of the genius to the work is that it focuses on your connective tissue. And it focuses on gravity a little bit as well. So we understand, if you can see me, that as gravity is kind of running through your body all day long. So if your head is forward, gravity is really pulling on your head a lot. And it's going to really stress everything back here. But if, you're, if your bones and everything are aligned, and you're kind of right over your spine, mm -hmm. um, structurally, 
there's going to be no real pull. There's going to be no real tax on your muscles because that gravity is now running right through your bones, right through your uh, skeletal system. So that's kind of what rolfers are trying to do is get your body in some sort of alignment that the wear and tear of every day isn't on your muscles, but it's on your bones right. and your bones can kind of handle that a little better. Um, and that, that goes with anything. If we're hunched over computers, uh, we're going to have this really tight strain on your neck. Um, if you're answering phones all day, one shoulder is going to be higher one, you know, your head's going to be tilted to the left. Um, it kind of depends on what everybody does. Everyone's pretty hunched in these days with cars and phones and computers and, you know, you name it. But, uh, but yeah, that's, if, if that made sense, I know I was kind of rambling there. Yeah, no, that makes, actually makes, makes perfect sense. Um, and you know, you'll see people go for a, you know, a 50 or, or $60 massage to kind of loosen themselves up and, you know, that might last for like their next workout or for the next couple of days. Um, how is rolfing different from that? And I guess, would you call it like rolfing therapy? Is it like, what's, what's kind of that like second word? Yeah. Right. So we, we want to, we want to put it in a box, right? Cause the word rolfing uh, it's such a weird name and you don't, you don't know what to do. You, you think like, Oh, it's a type of massage. Like there's right. massage, there's like therapeutic massage. There's like cup and massage. Um, rolfing is more akin to probably a physical therapy session. Okay. If you've ever had a, a PT really work on you, not just say, Hey, ride this bike, you know, do this exercise, uh, then go from there. If you've ever had a PT work on you, it, it runs more like that. So it's, it's really slow, patient work. Um, historically it's been known to be very painful. That does not have to be, uh, sometimes it is painful, but it's only as painful as like the individual wants it. So if they're, if they can physically handle it, it'll be a little more painful. If not, it'll be a little slower, but it's very slow. So if I was going to work on my own body, um, I would just kind of sink into a spot and then maybe I would have the client move a little bit. Um, and that starts to open up your connective tissue slightly. So the, uh, you're moving a lot more on the table. The sessions are a lot slower. Uh, typically rolfing is administered in something called a 10 series. So you do these 10 sessions and in each of these 10 sessions, uh, I either do hour sessions or 90 set 90 minute sessions. I wish I would push the 90 minute because everyone just has so much going on. We need kind of a lot of time to get into those. But in those, say, a 90-minute starter session, I'm only really working on your upper body, your neck, and slightly your hips. So it's really, really slow work, and that's why it can be a little bit more impactful. Also, how I'm working, too, makes it a little more impactful. But you're right, a massage will typically, it'll loosen you up, but it leaves the muscles where they are. It doesn't do anything to change the structure or alter how your skeletal system is. It just kind of relaxes the muscle where it is. That's why... In a month later, you're like, man, you know, my neck was feeling great, but that 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 thing in my shoulders back, it's because it never corrected this. Right. So even though that got relaxed, you're still walking around like this. Sure. Um, a, a nice piece of rolfing too is that we go over things like that. So I'll work on you on the table, 
uh, usually I'll step out and have you get dressed and then I'll sit you on a chair and I'll say, is this how you sit in the chair? All right, well, great. What, what would it be like if, uh, if you sat on your sits bones and I'll go over kind of where your sits bones are on your hips. And what would it be like if, if you felt like a string was pulling you up from the back of your head, what, what would that feel like? And I, there's a lot of body education that goes along with the work. Um, there's different homework pieces for the work. It's not just, Hey, try to stretch this. It's kind of focusing on, on different things. And, uh, yeah, there's honestly, there's a lot to it. The girl who invented the work was a, a genius and had her hands in a little bit of everything. Osteopathy. Uh, she worked with PT. She worked with chiropractors. She worked with yoga practitioners, um, you name it. And she kind of had this amalgam, uh, that she just kind of turned into rolfing. Uh, so there's a lot of depth to it and it usually takes quite some time to figure out what the hell is going on in it. What's the, uh, I've got, I've got a ton of questions. So we'll, uh, I know I really, I really rambled there. <laughs> um, so the, the kind of 10 sessions that, that you recommend, are they once a week, once a month? What's the, what's the interval, uh, between them? Yeah, it's uh, usually anywhere from uh, two to three weeks. Uh, I've I've found I've done uh, a, a couple ten series, like gotten work on myself, uh, and I've done it in a week span. And sometimes it seems to be a little too much. My body starts to get really really tired towards the end because it is trying to change the body. It's not just the body work. So it, your body needs a little bit of time to kind of take that change and, and work with it a little bit. So a two to three week span is, is pretty perfect. Okay. Um, we can do week to week. It, it really depends on, on the client. I, uh, after the first session, I'll know if they can, they can do week to week. Um, yeah, it's, but it's, it's a little different for everybody. It's very individualized. Every massage therapist, uh, or I mean more for massage therapy, they try to say like every session is very individualized. Um, and this work even more so it's, like if you're, if your right shoulder was jacked up and your left wasn't all that bad, I'd do a little work on your left, but it'd be really on your right. And then if, if you came in two weeks later and things started to come back, then I'd say, all right, Jim, you're, you're obviously a guy who needs this every week. Like your, your body, either it's how your work is affecting you or how you move in your daily life. Uh, it's negative enough that it, it needs more intervention than, you know, every two weeks or every three weeks. That's pretty rare though. That's pretty rare that I have to do, you know, week to week. Sure. So based on what you've said so far, it would suggest that this is more of a rehab sort of routine rather than a prehab, or is there a, a crossover between, between both or, or benefits to both? Yeah, I would, I would say it's, it's kind of a, a mixture of everything because I, I went into the work, uh, having no real physical issue. Um, so before you get trained in Colorado, they put you through, or, uh, they have you do a 10 series, excuse me. Um, and I went into it with kind of at the peak of my physical, uh, condition, I'll say, and the range of motion I got, uh, the level of of stiffness that I thought was kind of normal, which really wasn't normal. Um, it really did change my everyday life as a very healthy person who didn't have any injuries. Uh, but then I've also done a 10 series where I, I love the snowboard and my first year snowboarding, I separated my acromial clavicular joint in my shoulder. 
and I went through rolfing with that and it did a, a ton to, you know, help that injury and make it. So I, I did have full range of motion and I, I, you know, didn't have to like go up to here, like, well, that's, that's as far as I can go. So it, it's a little bit of both. Uh, you'll see a lot more dramatic effect if you do have some sort of injury already. Right. Uh, and I, I almost kind of like working on injuries too, cause it, it gives a more advanced puzzle because if you hurt your shoulder, you start to baby it and then your pecs start to get involved in that. And then your traps start to get involved in that. And then the way, since gravity's kind of slanting this way, your hips actually get altered. And then the way your feet strike get altered. So it's this whole puzzlement, you know, kind of working from top to bottom or bottom to top. Uh, so it, it gives me kind of like an advanced puzzle to work with. So I, I kind of enjoy working on issues a little bit more, but, uh, yeah, but yeah it's, it's a bit of both. Okay, so for for anybody watching this in the in the Facebook group, you know, you, you gave the example of you know if you're you're on the phone all day for work and you know you placed your your right ear on on your right shoulder like pretty dramatically. Um, do you see people come come to you with with that significant of a I don't know what the right word would be like a impingement maybe in their in their neck like where they are that exaggerated right uh there uh there isn't that issue too much this issue is the big one right where they're super yeah the super forward forward shoulder uh, yeah that that's the main one um there were because now there's there's so many things like we've got earbuds in. You can get wireless. You you can get some nice Bluetooth headphones. Most companies have kind of come up to date with that. Uh, there's maybe a mid fifties age client who has a, a bit of that because uh, she worked for a telephone company and she was doing this all day. So there's there's a little you know when you talk to her her head I'm being much much more dramatic about it, but her head is tilted this way. So so there is. Your body is super intelligent and really good at doing what you tell it. Right. So if you if you do this all day, it understands this this pattern, this muscular pattern, is something that's advantageous for us. So why don't we try to hold that? So you you kind of adopt it at all times. So when you're trying to sleep, this is this will feel more comfortable because all these tissues are kind of pinched onto this point. Sure. Um, when you're walking, it, it it feels more comfortable to kind of have this here. So your body kind of wears that. That's kind of a more rare one. This this is the main one I work with, though. Yeah. Getting everyone's, you know, pectoralis major and minor opened up a little bit. Uh, it's it's really working on where your hips are as you're sitting. That's a huge one. Um, and just kind of, you know, some imagery on, you know, what's, what's going on with your head. Because uh, for people to look forward, since you're in this forward posture, to look forward, you kind of have to pinch your head up a little bit. Right. So everyone, even if you start to correct this, Everyone wants to do this. Everyone wants to keep looking forward because that's what feels normal for their neck. So you kind of got to educate them out of it a little bit. You got to open up these neck muscles. You have to really work with them on keeping their neck in a, a healthier position for their spine. Sure. Kind of thing. Do you find that you're working more with or, or seeing more just kind of everyday people or are athletes, uh, former athletes coming to you? Is it, is it just kind of the whole range of the spectrum? Uh, I would say uh, the people who are getting sent to me, um, 
because I, I haven't done advertising in quite some time. So it's, it's a lot of people from, uh, Eric Lemons, I cryo, mm -hmm. uh, that place is phenomenal. Um, it's, it's probably 60% kind of regular workforce yeah. and then maybe 20% more on the athlete athlete side. Uh, and then the rest are kind of odd jobs. Maybe they're, they're young kids in some kind of sport that I'm trying to open up for, you know, that was more before COVID when, you know, sports were a thing, sure. but, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. And some, a little bit more on the retired spectrum where they're just trying to, you know, old age does a hell of a, of a number on your body. So there's, there's a lot to kind of reverse sure. with just living a full life. But yeah, yeah so it's, it's it's kind of a mixture, but I would say sixty percent is just like your average workforce work person. Got it. Uh, I'm interested about the sort of education process. You mentioned you had to go to Colorado. Were there any sort yeah. of prerequisites that you needed? Um, you said you you started in in massage, I think. Um, so, is that like a prerequisite? I imagine it was probably pretty helpful to have that knowledge base before going into this. It was helpful, but it wasn't exactly a prereq. Okay. Uh, I I was fortunate enough to be in this piece where if you were a massage therapist, uh, you there was three phases. It's actually outrageously inconvenient. You go to Colorado for two months, uh, then they want you to leave and kind of practice it for a certain amount of months. Then you come back for two months, then you leave, then you come back for two months. So you're kind of going there, going back, going there, going back. And I was fortunate enough where they had a program. If you were a massage therapist, your first phase was only two weeks. So it's a, a little easier. Um, but yeah, it's, it's typically uh, six months total of training and it's, it's broken up into three little phases, but um I lost my train of thought there, but, uh, <laughs> right. but yeah, Colorado was, uh, an absolutely phenomenal experience. Um, but you, oh yeah, that's right. You didn't need to be exactly a massage therapist because the other, the other version of it is just an average Joe coming to the school and he gets six full months of training. He doesn't get a, an advanced, you know, two week thing. Gotcha. He has the two months to start. Uh, and it's funny that you mentioned it. It sounds more like an engineering thing. Because architects and engineers, if they're going to switch careers, they usually do this. They are somehow drawn to this. Yeah. Just the, the structural aspect of it. What happens to the foundation when the top is like this or like this or like this. Right. Um, yeah, there, uh, there's two other structural integrators around the Albany area. The guy I used to work for, Nick Pavaldi, is a great dude. And uh, kind of a newer guy, his name is Andrew Alvarado. He works at Bodywork Professionals as well. And he, I think, is currently a structural engineer, but he also just happens to do this work. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very unique pairing, but it's, it's that whole, the, the structure of it, I guess. Yeah, just, like, you know, they're, yeah they're, their brains are already working in, in a direction with, you know, actual structures and, you know, whatever else. And, you know, the body just seems like a, a natural, uh, a natural fit. So why, why this, why rolfing for you, you know, where did you, what kind of drew you to this more, um, uh, I don't know what the word is. Modality. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
it seemed unique. That's the the word I was yeah. looking for. Why this, you know, more unique approach to to the body? Yeah, uh, I was I was intrigued by the session that I had because um, it 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 seemed to not make sense to me at the time, and it's because I just as a massage therapist I didn't know enough about the body. Uh, they teach you very little about connective tissue and how everything's really pulled and drawn together. Um, so I, I think the results from that first session I got were a, a pretty big eye opener. I was like, Oh man, this, this is curious. And then to do the 10 series, um, uh, before I went to the school, that was also enormous too. I mean, just the, the amount of change and effect that it had on my body was much drastic and more, gave me more longevity, uh, than any massage did. And I know some phenomenal massage therapists. And their work just, uh, it, it really couldn't touch the results of this. Um, and I'm all about results. Uh, my, my dad was a very results-driven kind of guy. Um, didn't really matter how you did it. It's just what, what got the job done in the most effective, efficient way. And this kind of, kind of pulled on that string for me, that it, it was very direct, very effective. Um, like I said, if, if one shoulder was very working and functional, I didn't spend much time on it. I really spent time on what what was dysfunctional. Um, and that's kind of always what I wanted to do. My work before I even really knew about Rolfing wasn't too dissimilar to it. It, it, it was trying to be it. I just didn't have the knowledge on what it actually was yet. Um, but yeah, working working under uh, Nick Vivaldi is what, what sent me to Rolfing because he kind of showed me that and then it just went from there. Yeah. I didn't really know it was as rare as it was. There's only maybe 2000 rolfers worldwide, hmm. uh, structural integrators in general, because there's rolfers and structural integrators, same thing, but different titles, maybe 4,000 worldwide. So, I mean, it's, it's an extremely rare thing. I didn't really know that when I was a part of it, but, uh, yeah, it's, is it, is, good, good is, crew to be a part of. Is there like an annual conference somewhere in the world that you guys all go to? Uh, not really. Uh, they're, they're kind of disorganized with that. I think because it's so tight, so small that they can't be too, uh, you know, Hey, everybody meet here at this right. big convention. But there's, there's a lot of really great intelligent teachers who just host a class and they'll say, come to me, I'll show you something for it's, it's a five day thing. So, uh, pre COVID I was going every six months, every six months I travel somewhere. Uh, the last place I went to was in Maine. Um, there's a guy who lives in the middle of nowhere, Maine. Um, but I, I worked with him for about a week. Uh, before that it was New Orleans before that it was Alaska. So luckily they live kind of cool places yeah. and they just say, Hey, come to me and I'll show you something. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so, um, I'll be excited to, uh, fire that up again once travel is safe and I don't have to risk my client's health or yeah, anything like right. that. So when you're, you know, now you, you, you've obviously got, got a ton of experience in this. Can you like pinpoint and, you know, just looking at somebody walking down the street and, and just by the way, the way they, they're walking, the way they're carrying their head, you can just pinpoint and say, this person could really benefit from this type of, um, modality, let's call it. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, and that's, that's a bit of a curse that the, uh, Rolf Institute instilled <laughs> in me because, uh, in, I think it was our, our second phase of training. Uh, they would have these lunches at 
in uh, in like the mall in Boulder. It's like an outdoor mall. Yeah. I, I'm blanking on what the name is. I know what you're talking about. I've been to Boulder before, um, so I know I know what you're. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that that huge stretch where just hundreds of people walk, and we would get an outdoor table, and you'd eat, and you know you'd be bullshitting, and you'd really try to be people watching, and you know the teacher would eventually ask like, all right, what do you guys see? And then someone's gonna be like, all right, well that that guy's one shoulder isn't like you know really swinging through. His left is really going, but his his right is is not. Or there's a hitch in their step, or there's their one leg isn't swinging properly, or it, this there's like a a partial swing. It kind of goes from the left side to the right side and the right side to the left side. Uh, and it kind of initiates when you walk. Um, you can't really see it because I'm too close to the camera. But it initiates this this pull that when your right shoulder goes back and your left shoulder and your left leg goes back, uh, it, it kind of stretches and then it snaps back. Um, so your connective tissue kind of helps you walk and move. Like I said, it's very intelligent and it keeps – uh, keeps the memory of what you want to do. It gets good at helping you move and, and transition. Um, so there was a bit of a curse that they gave us to even assign that as a project. Because then from then on, everyone I looked at, uh, that's all I saw <laughs> yeah. was their posture. It, it was no longer, you know, what, what I used to look like, T-shirts or something or what they were wearing or maybe how they looked. Uh, it, it, that was gone. And all I could see was, you know, where are their shoulders? Where's their head? Where's, where's this? Where's that? Um, so I, I kind of still have to turn that off from time to time. And if I'm on vacation somewhere, I don't want to be thinking, <laughs> yeah. oh, you know, I, I really love to get into scalings. I really, that, that first rib, I, I got to like shut that off. Like, no, 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 we're not doing that right now. We're just trying to unwind. So, you know, the, the forward shoulder, we're on our phones, we're on our computers, uh, we're driving all of the time. So, so that's something that, you know, I would venture a guess that the majority of people are, are suffering with or dealing with. Um, but like you said, the body is remarkable in the way that it just adjusts to make itself more efficient for us. So, you know, I probably have it. I know I have it, but you know, it's relatively pain-free right now. Maybe I'll feel it if I'm sitting a different way or in a position for a long period of time. Right. What can people do from home to kind of be more conscious of that? And um, I'll let you answer that, and then then I'll uh, I'll have some follow-up questions. Yeah. So uh, it, it's somewhat hard to describe. I might be able to show you if I. Uh move my laptop here a little bit but the biggest piece of it is your hips and where your hips are don't mind my uh my chaotic room here but pretty much where your where your hips are sitting so if your hips uh they're the base for the rest of your spine and most people kind of sit where they're kind of sitting kind of too far on their their butt cheeks really so their hips are stationed kind of going this way so our spine has nothing to do but curve over and then to try to sit up straight you have to pull your back muscles and activate your back muscles that whole time and it's not really uh i'm just gonna pop my headphones out there so you can see a little bit um so they have to they have to use their back muscles then uh in a very active way not a very passive way and it's not sustainable so you, you're pinching your back muscles, 
that lasts for about 10 minutes. Then they start to burn. Then you start to relax. And then you're back here. And you're back here. Yeah, I know. I don't know why the boss is being such a dick. And you're, <laughs> you're back to kind of that hunched over piece. But if you work on where your hips are sitting, so pretty much if you sit on your hands and push up with your hands, you're going to feel these, these two bony pieces on your hips. And you want to sit right on those. So most people sit kind of in front of them. So you pretty much want to pull your butt back a little bit. If you had a tail on your tailbone, you kind of want to pop your tailbone out as you sit and then just kind of relax with it. Okay. And that steps you up for a nice uh, level, um, kind of a nice level spine. And it gives you a, an excellent base for the rest of your body. Um, because if, if that is off, that's the foundation. When you're sitting, that's the foundation that the rest of this house is sitting on. So if that foundation isn't great, neither will this. So it's, it's kind of a synonymous piece. Um, so you want to work on that first. And then the second one is super easy, just some kind of door frame stretch where there's a wall here and you're leaning forward and you're getting this open. Um, right. A simple chest stretch uh, used quite often is a lot more um, effective than trying to do a bunch of different stretches that that you people try to line up this whole thing like all right i've seen this on instagram and this and this i'll try to do these 10 workouts uh that that correct my posture it'll be great but it's just too much they, they get overwhelmed they'll do one or two and then even if they do the whole circuit the, the whole circuit took 20 minutes now they're like yeah you know the next day they don't have time for 20 minutes so they're like yeah you know i'll brush it off and then eventually they don't do it again so if right. you just use one decent stretch and do that religiously that is far more effective than 10 stretches that you kind of do once a week. Right. Um, so just one simple chest stretch and then kind of getting your hips under you. And then you're going to, you're going to find it's uh, a vastly different work day than what you're, uh, what you're used to. You're not going to have all these aches, all these pains. You're not going to have this headache from your, from this whole connective tissue piece being real tight because your head's forward and, um, all that did that that kind of make sense? That yeah. Add up yeah. That that makes that makes perfect sense. So you're saying that that everything comes from the hips. So that's your starting point. So you know what I've heard a lot of is like you know make sure your shoulders are back if you're driving. You know you want three points of contact on the seat. You want your the back of your head, your shoulders, and. Uh, you know, like your tailbone in that like lumbar part of the of the chair. But I mean, that all sounds great. But if you're if you don't get your hips in the right position, going you know and leaning back, is that is that doing anything beneficial if your hips aren't where they need to be? Not exactly. Not really. Uh, so it's you you can try, but it's it's such a muscular pull. It's almost like. If you were to hold your arm out, you know, straight in front of you, you can do that for two minutes, then your whole arm starts burning and you got to drop it. That's the same idea. You're, you're, you're doing this very minor active muscular pull and you can do it for a little bit, but it's just not sustainable. Right. But if you, if you set your, your hips, your bones up to just kind of be stacked on top of each other, that is outrageously maintainable. That, that is just uh, very natural, very smooth feeling. Um, yeah, so at least the sitting piece, it all starts kind of coming from the hips. Everything else 
kind of come to the feet. And if you have different issues, it can come from there and it's, it gets more complex, but. Sure. So if somebody watching this or listening to this is saying, yeah, like I'm definitely finding myself kind of hunched over my computer for eight hours a day. Um, let me try to figure this out. So they, they get their hips lined up. Should they, you know, once they're seated in that position, will it feel abnormal? Will they feel any discomfort because they're in a, while it may be the, and is the right position to be sitting in, it's different than what they've been used to. So will they feel anything out of the ordinary, um, that they need to be aware of just so they're not like, oh my God, this hurts or this doesn't feel right. So I can't be doing it correctly. And then they like revert back to how they were doing it previously. Right. Not, not with that little hip piece. Uh, there are certain things that might feel weird. Uh, if I, if I try to adjust their walk, it'll definitely feel bizarre. That's something they got to get used to. Luckily with that hip piece, it's such a, a minor change. It's, it's the difference of, of, of a two inch thing of going from, from here to here. It's, it's such a minor thing that you, your hip flexor doesn't really notice it. Your lower back doesn't really notice it. Um, it'll, they'll just, they'll simply just notice that it'll be, it, it'll feel easier to sit up straight. Um, and if it doesn't just pop your, your tail, so to speak back even more when you go to sit, you really want to get your butt more back than what you're used to. Um, and then the next piece with that, uh, and, and of course it's a lot easier after I open up your chest cause then it, it won't feel so muscularly tight. But the next piece of that is just to feel like there's some kind of hook kind of hook in the back of your head and pulling it up. Cause like I said, when people think about looking uh, straight, there's like this, this pinch that happens here. Mm -hmm. So you want to get them out of that idea that they can, they can kind of, they can look straight, but also have their, their neck not be crunched, their neck be nice and long. You want, you want length and whatever you're doing, you want length. You don't want to crunch and then move. You want to, you want to have kind of grace as you do it. You want to be growing and, uh, just keep length and stretch in the body kind of at all times. Right. Um, so yeah, get, get your hips under you kind of think of that, that thing pulling your head up and then kind of relax in that position and then try to work, try to call, try to kind right. of play around with that. Okay. So as you know, we've been talking about that the shoulders and, and how you're, we're all sitting for, you know, many, uh, many hours during the day. What, um, in addition to what, to what you shared, like when might people start to notice that there is, um, an, an imbalance or something that, that needs to be corrected, um, before they let it go on too long, um, to where it becomes, um, you know, quite debilitating, you know, at, at what point, what are some kind of signs that, Hey, maybe I should be a little bit more proactive about this now rather than keep pushing it off. So pretty much if you've got pain in the back of your neck, bam, that's coming right from there. Like I said, with that gravity piece, pulling your folder, your shoulders forward. Uh, and that that's putting all this stress kind of up here. And that's what usually massage therapists do. It's like, oh, you got, you got stress here? You work on a computer? Yeah, let me work on here. Um, if you have stress here, start to work on where your hips are and opening up your chest. Uh, if, you get, if you start to get those, those tension migraines that kind of feels like it wraps around the back of your head, 
Um, that's another huge one because it's usually this pinching here. Mm-hmm. Um, those are really the two biggest ones. You, that's that's kind of the tough part with the with the whole chest piece, is that since your your frontal uh, piece of your body is so strong and tight, you don't really feel pain there. You only really feel pain where things are getting chronically stretched out. Right. Um, so you don't really you don't really put much mind to this. You only think about uh, the wheel that's screaming. You know the the. Oh, the screechy wheel gets the grease. What was yeah, the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Squeaky wheel. There we yeah, go. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't think of the word. <laughs> um, so all this back here is squeaking, but you're you're not thinking about you know where your hips are, what's going on with your chest, where your head is. Um, you're not really picturing any of that. Sure. So if if you're feeling any of those, pretty much anything on the back half, usually the front half has something to do with it. Okay. And what about like lower back pain? That's that's probably fairly common as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that, that can be a little bit, uh, from that sitting piece. Cause as you, as you sit, um, your psoas also gets really used to this position mm-hmm. and your psoas connects from the last five vertebra down to your kind of upper leg. So it gets super used to being, it, this isn't accurate numbers, but let's say when you're sitting, it's only five inches long cause it's kind of crunched it goes sure. from your lower back to your upper leg. So it's the distance isn't all that much from here to here but then as soon as you straighten it now it has to go from five inches to ten inches and it won't it's not going to be tight enough to lift your leg it's that's just not going to work but what it is going to do is going to be tight enough to really crank your lower back forward and pinch all through here so that that lower back stuff uh can a little bit be be solved by kind of correcting your hips but really, if you have a simple psoas stretch, a simple kind of lunge, um, that's that's more what you need to fix lower back stuff. Lower back stuff is typically either from the glutes or uh, the psoas. In from the the clientele pool I've been working on, it's it's typically from the hip flexor. Right. Okay. Um, because it, it's just got such a strong grip on those last five vertebrae, and if it if it is tight, like I said, it just cranks that spine forward kind of increasing this, uh, this pole. Yeah. And that, that's, it's good that you say that because it's a, it's a conversation that I have a lot with, with our clients. Um, you know, I don't really prescribe planks all that much because I feel like most people do them incorrectly. And, um, you know, when that lower back pain starts, when you're doing really any sort of core exercise, um, that suggests that it's working more of your hip flexors rather than, than the actual core, um, itself as, as I'm sure, you know, you're nodding. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the, the kind of the 10 sessions that, that you, you know, typically recommend hour to hour and a half every couple of weeks, is it, and then plus like some homework assignments in between those sessions, are you, is your goal at least like, and your sort of, I got this person the result that they wanted, if they're back to normal, so to speak, at the end of those uh, 10 sessions, or is there more beyond that? What's, what's that whole process look like? Yeah. So I, I typically have a certain goal with each session. Each session, 
it's very tailored to you, but there's also a, a regimented goal. Um, so for example, session one, I'm trying to get you to breathe into your upper rib cage a little bit because the way your breath works, your ribs are like two bucket handles that are attached at the middle. And when you breathe, they open up. So there's, there's this micro movement that can happen all the time. And a lot of people kind of breathe almost below their breath. They really feel it in their belly more. So for the first session, I'm trying to get you to breathe with your upper body, because if you, if those ribs are micro moving every day, every time you breathe, you breathe thousands of times a day. Um, it's going to be a lot hard for the musculature over them to get tight, to get all locked up. So that's session one. And in session one, the homework will be, you know, uh, some sort of breathing activity. I, I kind of walk you through it. Um, and then that's, that's kind of the whole session It's kind of upper body, neck, working on the lungs. Uh, the second session will be kind of from the knees down and I'm trying to get your feet under you. And as before we do that, I kind of watch you walk and I watch how your legs swing and how your foot's falling. And if, if you're getting like a toe hinge, cause you should kind of be able to push off your toes. Not everybody does that. And they'll kind of twist their foot as they walk. That can create bunions that, that gets those calluses at the bottom of your feet. There's so each session has a very distinct thing that I'm trying to see. And if your feet are great, then we can kind of, uh, in session two, we don't have to work so much on the, on the ankle hinge and the toe hinge. We can touch on it a little bit, but we can continue on. We can either go further through the series, or if you have that one bad shoulder, we can do a little bit more extra work on that shoulder. Um, so, so there's different, different pieces I'm looking for throughout the series. Um, and at the end, I kind of look at all of it on, on the ninth, 10th session, I'm watching how you walk and how your head is and, and how, how your shoulders are twisting. If your spine is twisting as you're moving, if your legs are walking in a certain way, if I'm kind of looking at the picture as a whole. Uh, so what I want to see at the end of the 10 series is a nice, smooth body. There's, there's not a, there's not a drawn up shoulder. There's not an arm that's that, that doesn't swing as much as you walk. Um, I'm just trying to see the most uh, smooth, sinewy version of you that there possibly can be. That looks different on everybody. Some people have, have a huge twist. Some people have a little bit more subtle. Um, it's all about where you started from in the beginning, and, and then that kind of affects how where you end up. Um, but it, it, it's not a specific thing I'm looking for for everyone. I'm not trying to match them to a model. Right. I'm just trying to get them the most flexible healthy version of Jim as I, as I can possibly get. Kind right. of thing. Can you give us an example of like one of your, your best success stories? Oh man. Um, probably one that I chronically get is uh, plantar fasciitis is just a really easy one. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, that's, that's an issue uh, that's uh, kind of a repetitive stress thing. So that's something that's so nagging. Uh, coming out of quarantine, I was working so much. I kind of gave myself a repetitive stress injury. Uh, so I, I can, I kind of felt firsthand how, what, what a pain in the ass that is, but plantar fasciitis is probably the most fun because it's somewhat simple to take away and the effects are immediate. Uh, frozen shoulder is super fun. Um, I say fun, uh, cause I, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I enjoy it. It's, I, it's not fun. I have a really bad habit too, of when you're describing something. And I kind of see what the problem is and I know it. I, I know what I think can fix it. You're like, yeah, there's, there's a really bad pain here. And I'm looking at you and I'm like, 
all right, cool. I have a terrible <laughs> habit of being like, hey, great. It's going to be great as they're describing like some sort of painful thing. Um, but there, there's not, uh, there's a couple people who kind of limped in and then walked out. Um, probably, yeah, I think the most recent sort of the plantar fasciitis, uh, there was one longtime client, um, who I still massage, which I don't always massage. I, I'm, I'm more of a rougher, but she, uh, she's been coming to me for massage and, and I love her and she's great. So I, I keep, you know, I'll make an exception for her. And she was shoveling snow and in it, you know, picking up a lot of weight and then twisting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's a really simple thing that can pull a hip flexor out. Um, and not the whole thing, but you know, pieces and fibers. Uh, so she was like, I'd like to try this rolfing thing. You know, I, I can barely walk. Um, and within 10 minutes that was gone and she was, she was looking around and it was the same look I gave the first dude who worked on me where it was like, I, she didn't understand what I was doing. She felt the pain in her lower back. So she's like, why are you working on my stomach? <laughs> she, she didn't get it. And then she kind of stood up after 10 minutes and she looked at me like, no, I don't feel it. And it was like this baffled thing. That's the same thing I did to my guy of like, yeah, I, I'm feeling it in my lower back. I don't know what you're doing over there. And then I did it and I was like, Oh wait, that don't hurt. So that, that, that was probably one of my favorites just cause I saw an echo of, you know, my old self of like, Oh yeah, I don't, I don't get it, but that, that did work. Um, <laughs> yeah. To, to give you some random examples. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Good. Uh, how can, uh, people get in touch with you if they, they want to reach out for, for more information or, uh, or schedule a, a session with you? <laughs> Yeah, all my all my information is on rossbackrolfing.com, R-O-S-S-B-A-C-K, and then rolfing, R-O-L-F-I-N-G.com. Um, if you just Google rolfing, I'm the only I'm the only person that pops up. Uh, as I mentioned, there's like rolfers and structural integrators. I'm the only rolfer in this area, so I'm uh, I'm pretty easy to find. And you can you can send me a message through my website. You can email me. Uh, I, th- I think my number's on there, my work phone, so you can text me too. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fairly accessible. I get back to people pretty quickly. Cool. Um, yeah. Awesome. I think this was uh, super informative. Uh, you obviously know your stuff. So uh, thanks for, for spending about 45 minutes with us and sharing all that you know. Yeah, very welcome, man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we can, uh, can finally do this. We've been talking about it for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah, it was good uh, that the, the schedules aligned this week, so that's always good. Yeah, you like it? Cool. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, sounds good, man. Thank you very much. Okay. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sense Fitness Podcast. Just so you know, we have a fantastic online community full of good vibes and good information to help you reach your health and weight loss goals. Each day, you'll receive a new video discussing the latest fitness and nutrition topics, along with daily engagement to help keep you accountable and improving. We'd love to have you. Head over to Facebook and search for the Sense Fitness Weight Loss Warriors Group, and we'll see you there.